Matthew chapter 4 verse 18, And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, from, from thence, he saw other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother in a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And immediately they left the ship and their father and followed him. And may the Lord add his blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. You may be seated. When we come to Matthew's gospel, chapter number 4, we find that there are 30 years, 30 years of the life of Christ condensed in the first three chapters of the book of Matthew. We find in chapter 1 the birth of Christ in Bethlehem. Then we find Jesus and Joseph and Mary, that young family, we find them in Egypt. We find them returning to Nazareth. Uh, then there's a period of years, we could call them the silent years, if you will, where we absolutely don't have anything recorded for us in the history of the life of Christ. We know he was about two years of age when they were in Egypt. We know he was 12 years of age when he was in the temple astounding the religious teachers of that day. And he said to his mother, Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? But from age 12 until this particular time, we have no recorded history of the life of Christ. Jesus begins his public ministry somewhere around the age of 30, perhaps 33 years of age. He begins his public ministry by calling the disciples to follow him. This is one of those instances where Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee. He saw, he saw these men and he called out to them to follow me. Now you, when you take the synoptic gospels, we understand that Jesus knew who he was going to choose to be the disciples because he had spent all night in prayer to God, one of the other gospels tells us, in choosing the first disciples. Notice, if you will, the call in verse number 19 and verse number 21 is simply a call to follow Him. I'm going to give you this in just a minute, but it's very important that we understand this as the foundation of the message. The call to follow Christ is simply a call to salvation. It is a call to faith. I can't imagine anyone wanting to follow Him without being saved. But I will submit to you this morning that there are some inquisitive inquirers who are not saved who are following Christ. A genuine call to follow Christ is a call to faith. I'll get into that in just a minute. So Jesus called them to follow 
Him. He's calling you to follow Him. He's called me to follow Him. And I love their response. Verse number 20 said, And straightway left their nets and followed Him. One of my points is going to be in just a minute is a call to follow Christ is a call to full surrender. A call to full surrender. And so Christ calls them to follow Him and straightway. But I like the word in verse number 22, immediately. So they left their nets, they left their ship, they left their father and followed Him. There are three lessons Peter learned from the call of Christ to follow Him. And I said a minute ago that the call to follow Christ is a call to salvation. It is a call to faith. Now, try to get this setting in your mind. Here these men were making a living. They were fishers. They were simply about the day's duty, if you will. They were working. They were providing for their families. We could put that in a modern analogy and simply say they got up, they went to work, they were doing their job, and along comes Jesus and changes everything. And my friend, on the authority of the Word of God, that's how salvation happens. That's how salvation works. You get up, you're going about your day's business, and a man comes along and says, Come, follow me, and then everything changes. They may have been struggling with problems. They may have had fears and frustrations and anxieties that was on their hearts and minds about seeing. They had just gotten an email that was very disturbing. There may have been some things going on in their lives and they may have been preoccupied. But when this Jesus came along, the call to follow Christ is a call to faith. It is a call to salvation. That's where it began with these men. That's where it began with me. And that's where it begins with you. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's already been alluded to in this service today, but in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and verse 9, For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves. It's not anything that I could do to save myself. It's not of works lest any man should boast. Salvation is through faith in Jesus Christ. And I wrote this down. The Christian life begins by faith, but come up close and listen. It continues in faith. It continues in faith. We were talking about that in the aisle before uh, between Sunday school and church this morning. Jude talks about contending for the faith. That's why we're here this morning. And I don't say this to impress you, but I want you to know if I wasn't here this morning, I'd be in some church somewhere this morning. 
because that's why we assemble ourselves together, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the matter of some is, but exhorting one another, encouraging one another. Why? Because I must continue in the faith. And Brother Reed hit the nail on the head in Sunday school this morning talking about a family member. If if you're not close to the fire, the, the, the fire is going to go out. But listen... He was sharing with a family member, we've got to stay in the church. We've got to stay with the brothers and sisters. And I'm going to tell you, iron sharpens iron, Proverbs talks about. And it may be that I come to church with a heavy heart and, and I'm struggling in my faith and I see a brother who encourages me and puts a little pep in my step and, and gives me a little sharper edge on my sword so I can go out there and fight the good fight of faith, the Bible calls it. To fight the good fight of faith. It begins in faith, but it continues in faith. And then praise God, this just come to me. It culminates in faith when we get to glory. Romans 1.17 says, Herein is righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. 1 John 5.4, Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. I want to give you these three points and I'm done. What did Christ call them to do? To follow Him. He says specifically in the initial call, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men. I wrote a few things down here that's on my heart. Evangelism, I travel our state. Before the pandemic, I was in about 75 of our 160 churches per year. Since COVID, it's down to about 55 or 65 churches a year. Some of that simply because a lot of our churches have not gone back. I should say some of our churches have not gone back to having a Sunday night service. But I was preaching somewhere Sunday morning, Sunday night. I pastored for three plus decades before I began this ministry. And I can tell you this morning that the word evangelism is the missing word in most of our churches. I can also tell you that not many of our churches are growing through evangelism. I can tell you this morning that we have settled down to our religious routines. COVID didn't help us. 9-11 didn't help us. Listen, there's only one thing that'll help us, and that is evangelism. That is sharing the gospel. It's only the gospel that'll change people's lives. Oh, it may change some people's lives momentarily when they go through hard times and they start seeking a refuge and they start seeking peace. But let me tell you something. That'll soon wear off if you don't have the real stuff. I remember listening years ago, I could not sleep. I got out of the bed and I went into the living room and turned the television on. And this was back in the day when there was some good stuff on TV. I'm preaching better than you, amen. I don't remember now how I found him, but outside of the providence of God, you may have even heard his name. His name is Dr. Johnny Hunt. He was pastor of the Woodstock, uh, Woodstock Baptist Church 
just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. He's now with the Southern Baptist Convention's missions program. But anyway, the reason I'm telling you this is because Dr. Hunt went to a small church, relatively speaking, number-wise, and, it, and it, he built it into a mega-ministry. Woodstock Baptist Church has thousands of members. But here's what he said, because the question when a church grows is always, how did you do it? Well, number one, the common denominator is God. You can't grow a church without God. If you build it on man, the man leaves, the church falls. I've seen that happen many times as well. But I'll never forget what Dr. Hunt said. He said we had to make up our minds if we were going to be fishers of men or keepers of the aquarium. We just want to keep the fishbowl clean. We just want to keep the algae down. We just want to keep the cornflakes on top of the water. I'm preaching better than you're amening. We had to make a decision. Are we going to get the gospel outside of the four walls of the church and go into the hedges and the highways and compel them to come in? If you'll follow me, I will make you a fisher of men. Number two, I want you to turn over a few pages to Matthew's gospel chapter number 16. We're going to turn to the other two scriptures. Matthew chapter number 16. Jesus not only calls us to be fishers of men, but he calls us in full surrender. Notice the next time Jesus says to Peter, follow me. Now, if you know your Bible, you know that Matthew chapter number 16, Jesus says to to the disciples, well, what are folks saying about me? Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Some are saying you're John the Baptist. Some are saying you're Elijah. But oh, I like what Jesus did here. He turned to those men. He turned to the church crowd. He turned to the Sunday school member. What do you say about me? It's not so much what CNN is saying about Jesus. It's not so much what the, the, the world is saying about Jesus. What are the church people saying about Jesus? Notice in verse number 24, if you will, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. And there it is, follow me. Follow me. Oh, listen, Peter rebelled at the news of the cross, didn't he? Jesus says to the disciples, I'm headed to Jerusalem. I'm going to be killed. I'm going to be crucified. Peter said, not on my watch or not. He says in verse number 21, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But Jesus turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. By the way, I can't help it when I get to this passage of Scripture. You think your feelings are fickle. I'm telling you, we learn here from the Apostle Peter, you can praise Jesus. Jesus at 11 o'clock on Sunday and cursed him at 3 o'clock that afternoon because that's exactly what Peter did. He said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God in the same chapter and don't even get out of the chapter. And Jesus has to say to Peter, You better get behind me, boy. You're doing the works of the devil here. Get behind me, thou art an offense unto me, for thou, look, what's this? For thou savest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. 
Let me tell you something. A call to follow Jesus is not just a Sunday school picnic. I thank God for the fellowships we've had. I thank God for the times we get together and we enjoy one another's picnic, uh, a fellowship. But let me tell you something. Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, the cost of discipleship is to deny yourself. It's a call to full surrender. It's a call to self-denial. And that call is still in effect today. Forget about yourself. It's not about your wishes. It's not about your desires. It's not about your dreams. It's not about your goals. It's about His. You're now a soldier of God's army. And you need to be just like a soldier when you get up of a morning and your foot hits the floor that morning and you say, Good morning, Lord. This is... Private Reuben Kaysen, I'm reporting for duty. What is it that you would have me to do today? Because he is not only Savior, he is Lord. And what does a Lord do? A Lord reigns. A Lord has authority. A Lord has control. The Lord has the right to say what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. It is a call to full surrender. Now let me part here and preach just a little bit. As if I hadn't already been preaching But I want to tell you something. These men in particular left their nets. They left their ship, their boat. What were they by occupation? They were fishermen. They were good fishermen too. They were good at what they did. They not only left their occupation, they left their family. Come up close and listen. My heart's going to talk to you this morning. God's still calling. We have a crisis going on in our denomination, but not only in our denomination, other denominations are facing it as well. We need pastors. We have over 200 churches across our denomination where there's not a pastor standing in the pulpit this morning. I have been asked the question in my position Is God still calling? Yes. The problem is folks are not listening. You remember I said a moment ago, we have settled into our religious routines. Can I come down here just a minute and preach to you just a little bit? Why do I say that? That's not just a part of my outline. I wrote it down because it's a part of my heart. We've settled down in our religious routines. Y'all remember 2020? It wasn't perfect vision, was it? <laughs> 2020, the pandemic came. We couldn't even spell pandemic before 2020. <laughs> and now we was introduced to this virus. Now, let, let me get to my point. So, reason I say that is, our, all of our churches shut down, and we started having drive-in church. We started going online. Listen, I, I'm okay with all of that, but we have one guy tell one of our pastors, when they open the church back up, he had, already got, he had already gotten used to a new normal. You know what his normal was? Now, I like it. It sounds real, real good and cozy to me. He'd stay in his PJs. He'd drive through Bojangles drive through He'd get him a Pepsi and a biscuit, and he'd sit in the parking lot and listen to the service. Mm, pretty quiet in here. If we had some body, we'd have us a funeral. Church not supposed to be. <laughs> Why have we settled down to our religious routines? 
Have we forgotten the fact that God's call to us has always been, will always be a call to full surrender? Now, He called these men. He called me. He called me to leave my family. I was born in, in South Georgia. I hadn't been around my blood family for years. I'm telling you, when God calls you, He may call you to leave your career. He may call you at your age. My daddy's brother was 70. 70 when he surrendered to the call to preach and started a church. We've got missionaries. Uh, oh, help me out. Debbie Griffin from my home state of Georgia went to Japan as a career missionary when she was in her early 20s, mid-20s. Spent years over in Japan, came home, took care of her mother until she died. She's in her 60s now and going back to Japan as a career missionary. I'm telling you, God's call is a call to full surrender. He may call you to career service. He may just call you to keep working at the factory, to keep turning the dirty rich, to keep teaching the school. Keep but, but listen, God's call is from sunup to sundown, you are totally surrendered to Him because He's not only Savior, He's Lord. But now let's go to the last one. And i got to get done. Go, go, if you will, to John's Gospel, chapter number 21. This, this is a beautiful one here. Thank you for your time. Will you hold with me for just a few more minutes? Thank you. One did. The rest of you just stay here and enjoy us. Amen. <laughs> No, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm teasing. John 21. In John's Gospel, verse 20, uh, chapter 21, the last chapter, obviously. Look here, if you will, in verse number 21. I, I'm sorry, verse 22. I'll give you my last point. But, but, but listen, just because it's the last and may be a little brief, that doesn't mean it's less important than the others because I'm going to tell you, I've struggled here lately. In John chapter 21, verse 22, Jesus saith unto him, now he's talking to Peter, If I will that he tarry, now the he there is referring to John, the apostle. If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? He asked him a question, what is that to thee? But then what did he tell him? Follow thou me. You see that little word inserted there that wasn't in the other two times? You follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. You deny yourself, follow me. But a call to follow Christ is not only a call to evangelism. He'll make you fishers of men. It's a call to full surrender. But the call to follow Jesus is a call to fully focus on Him. What was Peter worried about? Listen, it was already prophesied in this passage of Scripture how Peter was going to die. How the end of his life. As a matter of fact, we won't take the time, but if you go back and read the preceding verses, Peter, Jesus tells Peter, somebody's going to have, you, have to help you walk around. You're, you're going to have to have assistance because you're going to get old and decrepit and you're not going to be able to see all that well. You're not going to be able to get around all that well. Somebody's going to have to help you to get around. <laughs> Peter's a good old free will Baptist. Because he started looking at old brother John. 
Well, what about Brother John? What's he going to do? What's going to happen to Brother John? And, and, and I'm going to paraphrase, and I don't think I'm doing injustice to the text by doing so. Jesus said, Peter, that's none of your business about John's life. You tend to your own business. You be concerned about Peter focusing on the Lord. I pastor long enough to know folks can get sideways because they're focusing on what others are doing or not doing. You get your eyes off Brother Jimmy and get your eyes on the Lord. Get your eyes off. By the way, we're not calling you to follow us to begin with. We're just under shepherds of the flock. You get your eyes on Jesus. You follow him. You pattern your life after him. I tell you, folks are backslidden today. I, I, y'all remember when we've had some celebrity pastors, and I say that term relative, relatively speaking. And, for, and I, I remember hearing in those days, well, if Billy Graham ever falls, I'm done. Now, I've got the, must, the utmost respect for Billy Graham. He's in heaven today. God used that man on the face of this earth to preach the gospel. I believe souls were genuinely saved under his ministry. And there's Christians today serving the Lord because of his ministry. But I got news for you. If Billy Graham had a committed apostasy and turned his back on the Lord, I'm not going to turn on my Lord because he did. I'm not going to. Now, it will, it will have an effect. Trust me, it does have an effect. I'm not belittling that aspect of it. But listen. A call to follow Jesus is a call to fully focus on Him. Notice what he said in verse 23. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren that the disciples should not die. Jesus did not say that unto him he should not die. If I will that he tarry till I come. What is that to you? Peter, get your eyes off John and put them on me. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of me. Follow me. Do what I do. Go where I go. Say what I say. I want to think Peter did that. As a matter of fact, church tradition records that Peter suffered martyrdom under Nero, being crucified upside down because he refused to be crucified like his Lord. Now, with your Bibles open there, go back, put it in reverse, and go back just a few chapters to Luke 9. These were the apostles... Jesus called. What is he saying to you and what is he saying to me today? In Luke chapter number 9, beginning in verse number 57, the Bible says, It came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said to him, Lord, I'll follow you whithersoever thou goest. Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head. Well, he was gone, wasn't he? He didn't follow. So another one said in verse 59, Follow me. But he said to him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Well, there's another one. So there's another one. There's a third one. In verse 60, Jesus said to him, I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself. Let the dead bury the dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. By the way, most Bible scholars believe because of that, the man's father had not even died. He just wanted to stay around him until he did die. He said, in other words, when a more convenient season comes along, when I've got time, I'll follow you. And then the third one in verse 61, the Lord said to him, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. 
Where would you fall in one of those categories this morning, my friend? You've heard the call as best I could this morning. I've shown you from Scripture how Jesus has been. Jesus is calling. What's your excuse? What's your excuse for not following Him? Let's stand to our feet.